0: Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Tom Wheeler, Executive Director of the Environmental Protection Information Center, or as we are sometimes better known in these parts, Epic. And joining me is my coworker Matt Simmons. Hey, Matt. Hey, Tom. And we are joined by Zoom with two guests. We have Caroline Griffith, Executive Director of the North Coast Environmental Center. Hey, Caroline. Hi, y'all. And we have Colin Fisk, Executive Director of the Coalition for Responsible Transportation Priorities, or as they are sometimes better known, CRTP. Hey, Colin.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: <laughs> you you just pulled the Scott Greason entrance, which is to <laughs> to draw it out and try to make me laugh, maybe? I don't know. Scott is not on today's show. All right. So today we're, we're talking about an issue near and dear to your heart, Colin, which is Pedestrian safety and a road that is particularly bad for pedestrians, and that is Broadway, highway one o one as it weaves through Eureka so let's let's set the conversation. How bad is Broadway? Why is it dangerous by design
1: it's It's very bad, and i I should start out by saying that the entire county of Humboldt and particularly the city of Eureka have very high rates of pedestrian and bicyclist injuries and and fatalities. And so this is a a region-wide crisis, I would say, but it's most concentrated on Broadway, where over the last decade or so, we know of at least 11 people who have been by drivers while, while walking or biking on Broadway, and at least 14 have been seriously injured. So, that's a very high concentration of people, and I think it's it's particularly remarkable because anyone who has been on Broadway or has seen Broadway knows that it's it's scary and unsafe to to walk and bike there. So most people who have a choice aren't doing it, and so the fact that we have these really high rates, despite that, says a lot about the design of the road.
0: So I want to pull some statistics from a letter that you put together to Caltrans about the need for near-term safety improvements. So by near-term, we mean in in the immediate future, not something far off and down the road here, which is the California Office of Traffic Safety ranks Eureka fourth among 97 comparable cities for fatal and injury collisions, second for pedestrians, and 12th for bicyclists. And as you note in your letter, Broadway is the the main driver of these issues it is the worst of the worst in an area that's already plagued by pedestrian fatalities and impacts to to both motor users and and non-motorized users of our road system we have we have bad dangerous roads
1: yeah that's absolutely true and and broadway is really it's a road that doesn't know what it is it's trying to be a highway while also being a main street for eureka and those two things just aren't really compatible. You can't carry large volumes of traffic fast and still expect to be safe and, and comfortable and inviting for people who are not in their cars.
2: I I like that you pointed this out, Colin, that it is largely that those who can choose their modes of transportation, those who can make the choice, don't walk or bike on Broadway. And so it really is people who don't have the choice but to do that, who are doing that. And I think that that really leads to some of the, what I've seen, the victim blaming that happens when folks are hit or killed by cars, that then we say, well, we point the finger at them. They made that choice to do that when really it's people who are just trying to get around and it's largely lower income people. We also have really high rates of elders being hit by cars here in Eureka, which I think that we should really be making that more public.
1: Yeah, that's true. Elders and and young people both. There are, if you look at national statistics, and we don't really have great local statistics for this, but I think anecdotally you see this in the local, local statistics as well, is that people who already are disadvantaged are more likely to be hit and killed by cars. So people who are older, people of color, lower income people, just like you're saying, Caroline, and I hate to say it, but I I do think that that's one reason why this problem hasn't been tackled sooner is that there hasn't been as much sympathy for the victims as there really should be.
0: So I mentioned at the start of this call that Broadway is dangerous by design. A lot of folks, as as we know, when when you see reporting on an accident, the comment section will be filled with things like, "Well, he probably just jumped in front of their car," and we place individual blame or causality on some of these accidents. But we know from the the science of urban development and urban design that it is built into the the structure of the road. It is. It is an issue that is related to how we have the roadway designed. So why is Broadway dangerous? So if, if folks can kind of picture this road in their mind, as, as we talk about it, you'll start to, you'll start to see the things that cause people to be placed at higher risk or to put themselves at higher risk. Cause that is also true too, that we encourage people to engage in riskier behavior based on the, the kind of choices we force them to make.
1: Yeah. And I think there are a few really obvious things. It's wide. There's a lot of, there are five lanes of traffic. There's two lanes in each direction and a a two way turn lane. And the lanes are, are pretty wide for, for a city street. So those things, those, the wide The width and the straightness of Broadway in in many areas, those are things that are known to encourage people to drive faster. And so the faster the speed, the more likely a collision is to happen. And when it does happen, the more likely it is to be serious or fatal. And so that's a major problem with the current design. Also, bicycles, people riding bicycles are, are disproportionately hit and killed on Broadway. And that's pretty straightforward. There are no bicycle facilities on Broadway. People riding bikes need to access businesses on Broadway, places that they work, places that they shop. They may need to access Broadway to get home, but there are no facilities for that. And so when you have cars driving, especially off hours when it's pretty fast, that can be really a a recipe for disaster. And another thing I would highlight is that there are it's difficult if you're walking or biking or in a wheelchair or on a, a skateboard or anything like that. It's it's difficult to cross Broadway in most locations. And I think that's really one of the biggest issues. There are locations on Broadway where you have to go a half mile or so out of your way sometimes if you want to cross at a at a marked crosswalk and then get back to where you were going. And you just, just like drivers, people walking and biking want to get where they're going conveniently and, and quickly, and so I think you can't really expect people to go that far out of their way, especially when they then may be forced to wait a minute or two at a light before they're given the signal to cross. And there's a lot of research on that, and you really just you really just can't expect people to do things that are extremely time-consuming and inconvenient for them on a daily basis. If you do, they're just going to cross where they're going to cross.
2: Well, and I want to say that like when, as a cyclist and as a pedestrian, I often have discussions with people who are not, who are kind of like, that they don't want to be inconvenienced. And I see this on like a, a planning level where they're like, well, we don't want to inconvenience vehicles. We don't want them to have to wait too long. But then they put that expectation on anybody who is getting around, not in a vehicle, that we are the ones who should have to wait or to walk a mile, half a mile out of their way to cross. And I would definitely, I think most people experience Broadway in a car. And so they really don't see how difficult it is to be a pedestrian. And if you are trying to get around to get to work and your bus drops you off at one point and you have to walk a half a mile to get to a crosswalk and then walk back more, like it oftentimes seems like it would be the most expedient thing to do to cross right there. And so it does seem that there are there are multiple ways that this could be fixed. And it doesn't seem like it should be that difficult.
0: So I, I want to take folks on kind of a mental journey of Broadway. Think about that area between Hawthorne. Where is the turn for waste? Was it called the Humble Bay, whatever the, the waste management authority. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm at a loss for words. So think about between Hawthorne and the In-N-Out Burger, there is not really a crossing. I don't believe for that entire stretch, we have sidewalk missing on one half the road for part of it. Yet we have businesses often on either side of that road that one might need, want to access. So that is an entirely strange and dangerous stretch, again, without lights. You have cars being able to build up quite ahead of speed there too. So uh, imagine the poor person who has to cross, you are forcing them into a difficult decision, either going entirely out of their way to make a slightly safer crossing, or to to take their chance and, and move across the road. So when, when you when I see stories, whenever anybody complains about, oh, they just suddenly dashed in front of me, or they jumped out into the road, I, I always v- try to view those through the lens of that person making the choice. And it is a difficult choice one has to make to to both survive, but to survive in a manner that makes life <laughs> worth living instead of having to walk miles and miles and miles extra in your day. I was just going to jump in and say, even for drivers, right? Like I've been driving on Broadway and wanted to access uh, business on the left side of the street, Right. And it's instead of parking on the right side of the street and crossing, if there's no crosswalk, you have to like pull a weird, awkward U-turn and come back around and find parking on the other side. I I think even if you're not a person who's regularly a pedestrian on Broadway, there's all sorts of reasons why you would want more crossing just for people running errands in their car, even. All right. So I I think that it's important that we move on to some of the solutions because I realize that we've spent about ten minutes just ragging on Broadway. We could do it for a long time. We could do it for a long time. I think one of Humboldt County's favorite things is to to rag on Eureka. So let's let's talk about how we can make this safer. So, Colin, I, I understand that your organization, the Coalition for Responsible Transportation Priorities, has a petition out to Caltrans requesting immediate improvements in the Broadway stretch, and, and you provide some things that you'd like to see as safety fixes for this area. Let's talk through what you're asking for.
1: Yeah, so we do have a petition. It has, as of this moment, almost 300 signatures. So we're excited about that and hope that more folks will continue to sign. And basically, the petition is, is laying out, first of all, just the principle that we want this street to be designed in a way that Put saving lives and improving local quality of life and in- increasing the ability to walk and bike, that those things should be prioritized above travel speeds for vehicles, basically. And, and it's sort of just signing onto that general principle. And then there are five specific things that we ask for in order to make this happen. And those things are building additional safe pedestrian crossings, as we talked about earlier, to make sure that there's not an inordinate distance between safe crossings, improving the safety of existing signalized intersections. And that would include things like crosswalks on every side of the intersection instead of just one or two sides. That would include things like sidewalks bulbing out a little bit so that pedestrians are more visible and have less of a distance to to be exposed when they're crossing. It would also include things like reprogramming so that you have what's called a leading pedestrian interval, which means that the pedestrian gets the green light first, essentially, and they can start crossing before the cars to make sure that they're more visible and have more time to cross. And there are other principles of, of intersection design that we think should be applied here. The third thing is building protected bike lanes. So that's bike lanes with a horizontal buffer and also a vertical separation, providing raised medians and landscaping in those medians. And so the medians basically, they can provide a refuge for pedestrians who are crossing and, and get sort of stuck halfway and provide some extra safety. They also make it They limit turning movements by cars, which improves safety for people trying to cross the many driveways, for example, on Broadway. And the landscaping, street trees and other types of landscaping are shown to help slow traffic down, in addition to just being pretty, looking good. So that's a really important traffic calming strategy. And then finally, improving the pedestrian scale lighting, because actually the majority of these fatal collisions happen at nighttime. And so making sure that we have lighting that doesn't just provide enough light for a car with headlights to see, but really provides light that pedestrians can use and that illuminates pedestrians for drivers.
0: You're listening to the Eco News Report, and we're talking about how we can make Broadway safer for all road users, cars and pedestrians alike. I I think a lot of these things that you've mentioned, Colin, could also be popular with motorists so this isn't just for for people who are traveling without a car these could be improvements that would benefit everyone for example your street trees one of the most common complaints about eureka is that broadway is a <laughs> is a drag on the city you have the cute quaint downtown area and then you have the strip mall feel of broadway through the city and and so with some better planning we can kind of feed two birds with with one scone here. We can improve the aesthetics, make it a, a more charming city, and we can add all of those safety benefits that you mentioned, giving folks a safety island or reducing speeds, as well as lighting. Improved lighting, I think, is something that probably everybody benefits from Eureka is often kind of dark and gloomy and cloudy, thanks to our our coastal environment here. This seems like a nice improvement that probably all folks would enjoy.
1: Yeah, I agree. If these improvements are implemented, or I'll say when they're implemented, I think it'll look a lot nicer, much more of a sense of place, a sense that you're in a city and a place that, that cares about itself and not just on a highway. And I would add also that one really interesting feature of adding protected bikeways in particular is that they're shown to substantially reduce collision rates for cars also. That's one benefit of, of good bike and pedestrian design is it, makes, it really does make it safer for people in vehicles as well as people not in vehicles. So yeah, I agree. I think this would be a win for everybody.
0: So if you're interested in signing the petition, you can check out the lostcoastoutpost.com. That's where you can find this episode posted. And we'll include a link to the petition in the show notes there. And if you listen to us as a podcast, which you should download and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, you will also find the link in the show notes as well. Yes, Thanks, Tom. Yes, Caroline.
2: Well, I think that it's it's also important that there have been there's been a long process over the last few years with the city and Caltrans and working on all of these concepts for the Broadway corridor multimodal plan. And throughout that, there have been different proposals for adding couplets to Broadway that would divert traffic mostly to the west, to the bayward side in an effort to free up space to have more like bike infrastructure, transit lanes and things of that nature, which they sound like really great on paper, I think, for a lot of people. And they look at that and think like, oh, we could have these safer streets. But these efforts also will potentially take a long time. They are not guaranteed that they will happen, that they will get the funding. And there are also really big impacts to coastal wetlands that would happen if these roads are built. So it's another another motivation, not just the safety motivation to implement those suggestions that you had, Colin, but that it really is better overall for our lived environment in Eureka to do that rather than build more roads.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to point out that pretty much all the stakeholders are agreed on improving the existing Broadway right-of-way on the southern portion, sort of south of the Bayshore Mall and so we should give credit where credit's due that Caltrans has created a project there to add bike and pedestrian infrastructure and some safety features, and they are including stakeholders in the process of developing that design, and so I would say that the city and Caltrans and most of the stakeholders are pretty much on the same page there. It's when we get a little bit further north that we have some conflict as basically the right-of-way narrows, and so we can't maybe do everything we would want in the existing Broadway, but they're proposing basically building a separate road to make it a one-way couplet in each direction. And yeah, I, I agree with you, Caroline. I think the the main issue is, well, I guess there are several issues, but, but the most concerning to me is that it seems un, unlikely that that would be feasible in the long term. And if it is, I think we can be confident in saying it would take at least a decade for anything to happen. And we don't want to have that many more years of people being killed on Broadway. So that's why we're asking for these near-term improvements to the existing Broadway.
0: So let's just dig into the feasibility here, because this is this is an interesting one. And this is where the Coastal Act, which is a valued tool, and the Coastal Commission, which is an important state agency to protect our coastal resources, where the Coastal Act and the Coastal Commission – might object. So Caroline, you mentioned wetlands. And I know that you and Colin were recently on a stakeholder call to discuss this couplet idea. And the Coastal Commission was there as well. What did the Coastal Commission have to say about the potential feasibility of filling wetlands to facilitate construction of a a new road?
2: They expressed serious doubts as to whether this would be feasible and that they would ever allow the building of new roads in wetlands, but also closer to the bay when really they're working on strategic retreat in terms of sea level rise. So on multiple levels, they said that this was, in their view, not very feasible.
0: And the city of Eureka should have some familiarity with this because the city's plans for waterfront drive expansion, which were a large part of the political conversation in the city in the 2000s, as I understand it, having not lived here at that time, were were around that waterfront drive expansion, and the city's hope to, to do this project was kiboshed by the Coastal Commission and concerns about wetland fill. So we never were able to accomplish that project, and the city of Eureka ultimately moved away from doing a a similar kind of road expansion project because of this issue of, of wetlands fill. So good precedent to keep in mind and to add as a caution against putting all of our eggs in that basket. Colin, you've mentioned near-term improvements for this area. Let's talk about what that might mean for this Northern Broadway section. What would you like to see in place for this area of Broadway? And what do you think are reasonable timeframes for for getting that done?
1: Well, really, it's the things that we're asking for in the petition. Those are going to look a little bit different in different parts of Broadway based on the available right-of-way, but all of those things that we're asking for can be done throughout the corridor. In order to add the bike infrastructure, you probably have to remove the parking lanes, but to be honest, very few people use the parking lanes in most of Broadway because it's kind of scary to park on the side of Broadway, I think. So that's not that much of an issue as it might be in other places. And you could probably regain some space by making, as we talked about, a raised median instead of the the two-way turn lane. And basically, adding more crossings for pedestrians, improving the existing crossings, adding that protected bike infrastructure, the pedestrian-scale lighting. Those are all things that can be done throughout the corridor. Again, they might look a little bit different. The the bike lane buffers might be a little bit different depending on the right-of-way, but they can be done. And that's what we're really calling for.
2: You know, being at this meeting that about this middle couplet and seeing uh presentation about what the middle couplet would be and the maps of it and just how much wetlands would be turned into to roads... Thinking about the feasibility about that, how much it would cost, how long it would take. And then next to that, seeing a presentation of possible near term solutions and just seeing how, which are like more pedestrian crossings, adding a crosswalk on both sides of a major intersection instead of one, things that are so simple so feasible. And it just really showed that there's no question in my mind, which of these things should happen. The ones that are possible, the ones that are productive, and that could happen very quickly without any approval from a large state agency that would be unlikely to approve them.
0: Carolina, I think Colin's dog Nixie also approves of what you just said. (laughs) Uh, Something that is Interesting to me is how to get this accomplished because we have seen pushback in Eureka, in Humboldt County, on pedestrian improvement projects before. And this is not to say that we're unique either. This is a phenomenon that we see across the country where things like what are called road diets, taking away parts of lanes to provide for infrastructure for other road users, are, are incredibly controversial. Colin, you sent me a, a blog post, which I'll also include in the comment section of the show on the Lost Coast Outpost, that I thought was really interesting, which is that conversations about traffic safety often become a proxy for other conversations or other fears or concerns that we have in the community. That here in Humboldt County, I, I think crudely it could be called that city folk are coming into Humboldt County and are trying to turn this into someplace that that they don't recognize. We're trying to make it too developed and and too big city. And that we often are not talking about pedestrian safety when we talk about these projects. In particular, I I think about the the conversation that we had for the H&I Street projects in Eureka, where there was a proposal to reduce those streets, which are currently three lanes on, on each in one direction, a couplet, and to bring those down to two lanes. And with that extra space, provide bike infrastructure. Do you have any thoughts on, on how we can better move forward on projects like these and avoid the kind of community tension?
1: Well, so I want to answer that in two ways. One is specific to Broadway. This is actually a somewhat unique situation where I don't think there is all that much opposition to doing things on Broadway. I think most people, when we went through this planning process, Caroline mentioned and They surveyed the businesses and they had hundreds of people participating in meetings and surveys and things. And there isn't very much opposition to doing things on Broadway right now, because I think almost everyone realizes it's not working very well. So we have, I think, a unique opportunity here. And I don't want to get that confused with with the general issue. And I should add that the City Council of Eureka has expressed its strong support also for near-term safety improvements. So that's that's great. In general, you're right. I think these fights over bike lanes and road diets and things like that, they often are proxies for the culture war more broadly in this sort of odd situation where... Sometimes you have conservatives identify with car culture and liberals identify with transit or, or bicycles or something like that. That's a oversimplification, and there are lots of local issues that come into play. But, but I, do think, um, I do think that that's an issue, and I think that often with these major changes to the infrastructure that people interact with every day, it's hard to convince people of something that they don't already believe with a rational argument. Sometimes you have to demonstrate it on on a small scale and just show how it will work or take another kind of tack.
0: One of my favorite anecdotal stories is that before the Eureka City Council, um, well, I should back up and say Eureka has done a really great job in the last year of installing uh, bump outs Uh, so a little additional room that kind of juts out from the sidewalk into the street to allow for pedestrians to be better seen by cars and for pedestrians to better see cars and to reduce the total travel distance that one has to cross the street for that. The city of Eureka is getting a lot of complaints about these new things and people's complaints is that it's making them slow down and take turns slower which is entirely the purpose of these. So I I think that that that's quite funny. And it also is a good tell to me that that these things work and that we have the solutions to our problems. And it is only a matter of political will to get these implemented. And and so uh, thanks to the city of Eureka for for those bulb out projects. Thanks to the city of Eureka for for supporting near-term pedestrian infrastructure. Any last thoughts before we wrap up this show?
1: I just really want to say, first of all, that what we're asking for here, as you were sort of just mentioning, it's not its not that huge. It's not that expensive. It's very achievable. And it can be done in a relatively short time period as transportation planning goes. <laughs> These things could be done in a couple of years. And I just encourage everybody who wants to see some positive changes brought to Broadway to check out the petition and if you agree to sign it.
0: All right, check it out on the com, and and Colin, I'm sure it's posted on your website as well. How can folks get in contact with the Coalition for Responsible Transportation Priorities?
1: It is indeed on our website. It's on our homepage which is transportationpriorities.org. There you can also find lots of other resources about Broadway and regional transportation issues more generally. So check it
0: out. Check it out. All right. Well, thank you to Caroline, Colin, and Matt for joining me. This was another great episode of the Eco News Report, and we'll talk to you next week on this time and channel with more environmental news from the North Coast of California.